0: So it's the end of June. Yes, it is the end of June. And June, May, when I grew up in Arkansas, and even when I've been in the D.C. area, Washington, D.C. area, seems like May's always been a pretty warm summer month, and June, fully summer. It just feels like summer. Just this week, there were a few days that where, you know, the heat was kind of uh, hot enough to be really obnoxious, just as my wife likes it. And uh, and so it's it's finally summer. It's a,
1: absolutely beautiful here. It's, it's as good as it could possibly want temperatures to be. You know, I mean, it's like 72 or something outside. It's sunny, has a nice cool breeze, but it's warm all around. And it's just the right kind of combination. However, elsewhere in your neck of the woods people are complaining about soot and an ash ash and a plasticky smell in the air and
0: there's a little bit of haze and it's uh i'm really wanting to get out and play tennis and i don't know whether that's you know safe i mean i don't figure i'll fall over and die but you know i'm not really looking to do damage to my lungs um so anyways it's uh it's, it's hard to know, you know, from the dire warnings to the, you know, what the numbers really mean, you know, what's what's safe and not safe. At a certain point, not going outside and doing anything will start to get really unsafe uh, if it's an extended period of time. But, but we shall see. I, I definitely will get outside long enough to barbecue something over this uh, kind of four-day uh, weekend.
1: Right. I don't even remember when july 4th is is it on a tuesday tuesday it's a tuesday
0: okay and the third is not technically a holiday and i I mean i'll be working on the third but uh but it's not like you can reach people i can't imagine that there's many offices in america that you know if you got something to do do it otherwise have fun
1: well banks and governments are probably closed on monday right
0: i figure they are but i don't know I don't that's know. interesting. Interesting.
1: I mean, they keep on adding more and more uh, holidays. You know, maybe they should just declare every day a holiday and stop paying people.
0: <laughs> uh, that would be <laughs> furlough the, the the government and the banks. The banks. We might need them to come back in every once in a while. But well, this he- is a
1: week with some big stories in it. It ended with the one that's uh, gotten a lot of talk.
0: It began and ended with the court. And let's talk about both of them. The, the first one was Monday's High Court Too Busy. And this is a challenge of the California AB5. And regular readers of Common Sense at this is thisiscommonsense.org or in your email, if you sign up, it's easy. Every Every day, every morning, we send it to you. This was challenged, appealed up to the U.S. Supreme Court. The U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear it. Now, they, they refuse to hear most cases. They get more cases than they can take. But, you know, they have been taking fewer and fewer cases. And they really, I'd like to see productivity increase, not decrease. So the reason it's so bad that they didn't take this case, this is a law that California passed designed to wreck the gig economy designed to force people who work as freelancers to become employees and maybe heighten unionization as if that's what we want our legislators scheming behind the, the scenes. And, uh, but that's what they were doing. And, and of course to them, their view of a freelancer is someone who hasn't gotten all the benefits of the world as they see it, where the you you pay union dues, and now you have the big strong union, and you're always marching, and you know if there's a statue of you, you have a lot of muscles, you know. And they have all these statues in D.C. It's like, okay, you're not really, you don't have that many muscles, but uh, but so this it's a it's terrible legislation. Of course, I know a lot of people who are who are freelancers and who like being, believe it or not like being freelancers, and uh, and this, in essence, caused a lot of people who were in California to lose business as people didn't want to have to go through the rules that they had to go to, through to, to keep them hired. So it's serious economic stupidity and harm done purposefully because they want to remake our economy and their image. But it also happened to impact people who collect signatures on petitions and campaigns who go door to door and freedom of speech, freedom. You know, it kind of like in in trying to remake our world in a socialist fashion with California characteristics, they swerved and killed freedom. Oh, shucks. And so you might think they'd back off and go, well, let's re- resuscitate freedom, and then I'll see how much of it I can destroy over here. No, no, no. They don't care. So nothing's been done to protect these campaigns. I mean, it, it's it's insane that if you hired a bunch of people to go door to door for two weeks in a political campaign where maybe you you don't have a lot of money so, you're not on wall to wall TV like the other person is, and online and all the digital and blah, blah, blah. You've got people who are going door to door. They have to take off from their job. So, you got to pay them something. They're all struggling. They help out at the soup kitchen. You know, these are all wonderful people. And, but you have to hire them as employees. You've got to buy insurance, you've got to, you've got to get unemployment insurance. you've got to get a workers' comp. You've got you've got to do all kinds of things that in fact, other parts of the law, they gave certain exceptions to their favorite businesses or or problems that their friends might run into. But here, no accommodation. So it's completely ridiculous. And it doesn't affect much of the, you know the country other than California, obviously because it's California law. So maybe the court decided, well, this is one, you know, (laughs) you decided to live in California. It's your fault. But this is a, it's a, just a horrible attack on political campaigns. And it's a horrible attack on political campaigns because it's a horrible law that's an attack in the first place and should be repealed. And any court that gets around it should look at it and realize this is the legislature purposely inflicting harm on businesses they don't like and workers they don't like. Do you think
1: that part of the goal always was against signature gatherers?
0: No. Is that, or, uh,
1: is, or is that just sort of a lagniappe for them? It's, oh, that's extra extra goodies for them.
0: Yes, yes. Was, oh, oh, good. Oh, shucks. We, we wiped out that industry. Darn. They have tried to wipe out that industry, and they have several times – Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, uh, vetoed it, uh, and then uh, Jerry Brown vetoed it, but they have passed laws saying you can't pay signature gatherers on a per-signature basis, which is, of course, the only way you'd want to pay them. It'd be like saying you can't pay apple pickers based on the number of apples they pick for you. Well, well, would you want to base it on their hairstyle or the, you know, it's, it's so it's it's designed and of course, it's also designed that unions, which are the a lot of the street muscle of the Democratic Party and the folks who are going to be going door to door and so on, their people they can they can have them go for a day of work and they're getting paid and they're going and getting signatures. But of course, it's not going to be per signature there on an hourly basis. So it's as they're passing this, you see how destructive it is, but it's destructive to the model that's generally used on the right. And it's not destructive to the model that's generally used on the left. And in fact, I've had trouble. I work in challenging a lot of these laws, and I've had I had trouble getting the ACLU to challenge this one. And I think they recognize that it's not constitutional. Uh, but I think they also recognize that maybe it it cuts the way that their politics cuts.
1: Of course, the ACLU is no longer really a civil liberties union. It's basically a welfare state rah rah institution, right?
0: Yes, and it it, it really is sad because um, I can't tell you how helpful years ago the ACLU was in. At times when the left decided they wanted to destroy free speech, you had a powerful, respected ally on the left who was going to say, no, this is freedom of speech, guys. No. And now they're going to shut up or they're going to be for it and make excuses for why that's okay. Uh, so it's uh, there, there continue to be a lot of people on the left who have an instinct to go after the money. And of course it's always the money on the right. They're never going after the money on the left. It seems because it doesn't jump out at them is really terrible. Um, But they, you know, but they're thoughtful and, and I disagree with them on stuff, but I see that they're, they don't want people silenced. They do want a, a, you know, pluralistic society where many voices get to be heard. But but they are a shrinking number on the left. And the fact that the ACLU flips to be just a partisan Democrat left wing group and not a stalwart defender of free speech anymore is a serious blow. Which sort of uh, leads me to our uh, Friday piece.
1: And I want to leave there in a kind of an odd way because I would just listened in the car today to System Update by. Glenn Greenwald, and uh, he was defending the Supreme Court decision to get rid of the affirmative action elements in, in you know racial uh, discrimination in college entrance uh, that colleges use so ubiquitously now. And right. it was a major it was a major decision that came out this week. It was a Thursday, I think. And yes. he had a long and really an excellent, and astoundingly good uh, case against using race in any, really in any way to determine who gets into college. And he made the attack and he's, you know, he still feels like a leftist, uh, though he's more and more, he's coming into positions that that don't fit easily on the left. But ACLU used to be in that position, right? Where Glenn exactly. Greenwald is now. No, that's
0: exactly. And in looking at Greenwald, who I like very much, but who, when it comes to a lot of economic stuff, we would disagree. I'm a free marketer. He's not really. He's for a regulated market. It seems like, and so, and and because economics is so dominant in people's thinking politically, for obvious reasons, because we all love money. I don't know why, why people aren't more pro capitalist free market. But anyway, a uh, uh, little little advantage there. Uh, but more and more, Greenwald is speaking out on deep state stuff international you know intrigue uh which was almost always the left concerned about our deep state and and executive branch and presidency having way too much power and free speech issues on the street what you know uh uh what some parent could say at a at a uh a school board meeting or something, it was the left that was saying that let that parent speak. And um, and it was the right, maybe, who was saying that's just a rabble rouser. Now that has flipped. And of course, Glenn Greenwald is in favor of the concept that people should be able to speak out. He doesn't really, I mean, I'm sure he cares at some level what they say but he understands that unless there's freedom for people to say stuff he doesn't agree with, there's no freedom. And therefore we're doomed. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because over the last few years with the pandemic and stuff, we have um, there've been so many people who've kind of wanted to pull medicine outside of the free speech realm and say, this is life and death and it's too important. Therefore somehow we have to squelch people who have a differing opinion. And of course, nothing proves the opposite medicine. When you think about free speech and medicine, I'm just doing a little detour here. Nothing shows how deadly limits on speech are as when you contemplate the history of medicine and the history of the freedom to speak out and what that means for people in the future, not getting some treatment that turns out to be disastrous or getting some treatment that turns out to be life-saving um, because someone was able to say, Hey, how about trying it this way?
1: One of the interesting things about Greenwald's talk in the latest system update was uh, how he defended the idea of diversity against the race category system. Uh, he talked about having been on a panel with uh, Cornell West and Judith Butler. And so here we have a, a famous female, philosopher and a famous black i believe gay leftist and judith butler went on in in this panel which green glenn greenwald was the third person and she talked about how it'd be good to have a woman of color on the panel for more diversity and glenn greenwald's response was so good because well, is that really diversity? And do you really want just a woman of color? Would you want Candace Owens? This is one of the many examples that he gave, <laughs> and 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 immediately, uh, Cornell West just came down and would it would be worse if she were on, if that kind of person, the kind of person he was talking about, and he and he basically well demonstrated that this whole thing about racial diversity is a cover for what I believe is the main obvious goal of the universities and the whole system of the insiders, and that's a monoculture the monoculture of an ideological position and right, butler right, right. And, and, and cordell it, west are, are, are you know are that far apart you know yes yes
0: what they want is rule by the academy yes um and 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 they would argue they want rule by the smartest people but they would want the rules in determining smart people to be determined by the academy and be determined not on the basis of how smart you are, but how, it, how close you are to the ideology of the academy. We probably and, should
1: and- mention the piece, though, that you wrote for Friday, Affirmative Action Disaffirmed. Oh, I like that title. I don't know why, it's kind of big words, but affirmative action disaffirmed, and that's about the racial uh, yeah. knockdown of the racial categories at, at first election.
0: And then this particular piece, uh, there's a Texas legislator uh, who is Asian American and who refers to this as white supremacy. And of course, it's ridiculous because it's ridiculous that everybody wants to call everything white supremacy, but it's especially ridiculous in this point, because, of course, the people suing are Asian-Americans, and the people being hurt most by affirmative action at this point are the smallest minority. In sheer numbers, Asian-Americans happen to be the fastest growing, but they're still the smallest behind Latino. Um, I understand that there's some white professors who want them to be called Latinx, but so far, my my poll of Actual Latinos and Latinas and so on is that no they don't uh, but anyway uh, and then and and African Americans uh, they're the Asian Americans are the smallest group they are the most damaged by far by affirmative action in education and the reason for that is because they're kicking butt educationally and just to go one step further and jump out on a limb, they're kicking butt educationally because they have intact families. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And and I'm sure that there are single parent families with a, a well-educated parent or a not well-educated parent who wants to get education, who will outperform two-parent families who aren't that dedicated to to education or whatever. But it just strikes me that when we look at educational performance, that there is, it, it just smacks you in the face that Asian Americans are doing way, 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 way better. And way better than whites. Whites are doing better than blacks and Latinos when you do it as a huge racial component but but the, the the one you look at the statistic that jumps off the page is what Asian Americans are doing and when you look at intact families and uh, fatherlessness and so on you it also jumps off the page that they just don't suffer from the same level of that and and I'm making the crazy argument uh that that there's a connection yeah that's uh two of five pieces let's take Tuesdays because it's easy, and you might enjoy going to uh, you know the uh, the the picture that uh, Jim Gill who used AI on this to to do a picture of Nancy Pelosi. Uh, this is term limits for the Nancy Pelosi. I believe she's about to be an octogenarian or just became an octogenarian, um, uh, which is eight in her eighties, and um, she talked about the need for term limits for the court. And uh, it's just it's a hoot. I mean, it's a hoot. It's a hoot just to hear it. You don't even have to go read the the uh, commentary. But I think you might enjoy the commentary. And and uh, the graphic is uh, is is worth the uh, the price of admission, which is free, by the way.
1: In a sense, that's a story very similar to the today's piece, the affirmative action piece, because it's about a person, a, a Democratic politician who basically sort of disproves his own point as they're making it as a sort of a. I as i mean <laughs> yeah. so they're sort of all the self-contradictions are out there just just for your delectation
0: and uh wednesday's piece uh that that's your title i can very, barely pronounce it uh but it's a great title simulacrum
1: uh, of solace yes and here we're talking about uh, what are we talking about uh, this is that's already Wednesday you know that's it's, a, it's getting along on the tooth here for my poor brain. Yeah, I had
0: I had written that down somewhere. What were we talking about?
1: <laughs> well, this is about fakes. And this is where we, this is where we talk about fakes, right? Oh, AI,
0: AI. Yes, the ability of the deep state to manipulate uh our elections. Um, are and 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 not you know, I'm not talking about getting inside some machine. I think we all have have uh rational and irrational fears of that, but of just spreading uh uh misinformation. I mean, the last election, a story was squelched and called Russian Disinformation by what was it 51? respected respected by the media, respected uh, national security experts uh, with security clearances so that they're seeing stuff that the rest of us can't see and they tell us that the Hunter Biden laptop is a is a fake. We do live in this world where they have you know they have an awful lot of um, power and influence. And they have not used it in a good way at all so far. Uh, and we point out that, of course, we use a lot of AI uh, uh, in the graphics. Not always, but but oftentimes. And uh, and it's been kind of interesting. I think, uh, uh, you know, I've enjoyed seeing the different, there's different AI uh, websites and companies obviously doing this. And uh, uh different styles, but uh but it's it's the sort of thing where you put something in and they they tell you, you know, uh, you know, they they give you different choices of different ways that they could they could draw it up. And I know people, Tim, who are using it for writing. Uh proposals, you know, it will sketch out a proposal and then they go in and edit it. Uh and uh so, you know, people who edit things, I don't know if we're gonna need those folks anymore. Well, I've looked at Chat GPT,
1: Chat GPT, and its products, and as far as original content, I think you still need editors. Uh, but uh, but when it comes to people who have trouble with the English language and have trouble expressing themselves, they should put their stuff through Chat GPT and learn how to do it better because it'll teach you. And and that's I understand that's I have I have. I haven't tried it myself. To me, I, it, it's I almost either. uninteresting. Uh, but I have friends who are very, very interested in this, and they say that the best use of chat GPT at this point is uh, to correct your what you've done and give you hints and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this piece, though, is about AI and politics and using AI... When when you use you know on the site you use an AI image, it's obvious that this is a caricature in some way. I mean, there are two pictures of Donald Trump looking at it, a lizard alien. But there have been people who've used mayor candidates in you know Toronto and Chicago and various places who've used uh, images made by AI that when you look at them you realize oh that's fake. Like the woman has three arms, and right. but it, but it looks perfectly reasonable, and it's a way of making it look more impressive, and it was very cheap. I don't know when they're going to start charging us for all this stuff they're doing. Uh, that's one of the things I've heard no one talk about is that all the work on on this stuff is looks like it's lost leader stuff. So they're trying to get us used to AI, right, right, without paying for it. At some point, they're going to be charging for it, right? I don't know what all that's about.
0: Even now, uh, the, the the our our graphics that are done through AI, uh Jim pays a fee, you know, to to be able to get those. Oh, does he? I've never paid him. Um, and I I don't think it's a per graphic fee. I okay. think it's a you you know it's 20 bucks for a year or something and and you can you can then get into the website and do stuff. And I could be off. I've I've only had a few discussions about how it works, but yeah that's that was kind of the way I was thinking that he, he's doing it.
1: Anyway, the days of uh AI in politics are here. So I guess we should just watch what we're watching even closer, eh? I don't know. Well,
0: and you, and you kind of think look, there's no there's no group in society that there are more plagiarists, more dishonest <laughs> people doing <laughs> fake crap. It's like these guys didn't need AI. I mean, they can they can fake much, many of us out without AI and uh it it doesn't bode well. But you can see with technology so much and I think um, you know I've spent most of my life, even though I'm a I'm a little bit of a anti technology person at times when they frustrate me because it's not my forte. Uh, but you see the you see what it can do. It's just so exciting. And in latter years, seeing the the Chinese surveillance state, seeing the U.S. surveillance state, and seeing people largely not. Nearly as worried as I think they should be about it, um, you know. We, for us people uh, ar- around our age, uh, and we think of what the world's going to be like when we're gone. It it is it is scary, and I and I think people. I think a lot of people. One of the scary things is we remember a, a world before you had quite as many gadgets and so on and remember that it was a quite pleasurable world in a lot of ways. It really was not such a bad place. And, uh, and, and, and you just see that, that, you know, 1984 that was once a futuristic, you know, picture is, and even the truth is even then in the political nature of it was right on at the time, but, but, uh, but I worry that that we live in a in a world that you could see twenty years from now that if the folks in charge don't like it, machines are going to be telling you what to do, where to go, how to do, how to go there, and if you don't do it, they're going to do something to you, and you, you know you may never have an appeal to a live human being, good or bad. It it may be a button is punched, and you were driving to the beach, and all of a sudden you're driving to you know go sit in some tiger chair somewhere the thing that i think you know people our
1: age should consider about um privacy online more is probably using a vpn i mean that's the least you can do you got to use a vpn but you know that the republicans in uh, after the one of the recent scandals that came out their their, their famous uh you wrote about it uh their, their famous attack on tiktok it basically prohibited vpns in the united states That was one of the many things that horrible legislation did.
0: Oh yes, yes the, yeah we got to get TikTok and every other voice.
1: Yeah, I mean VPN is the thing that could actually save you from lots from China. Maybe it's it's amazing what these politicians will allow themselves to cover for, Republicans and Democrats because that was the Republicans who wrote that into the into the law or or at least let it go through. Can a a senator or legislator just? Mark out the sections that their assistants wrote that are stupid. Isn't
0: that, isn't that possible? I don't think they read them. I don't think they understand enough of it. Once their assistant wrote something down, that's good enough for them. Anytime they're talking technology, it is scary how stupid they are. And, you know, and and, and for younger people who get it all kind of instinctively, they have to really be horrified and my experience on other stuff is that the people passing our laws are not very educated about stuff they're not very knowledgeable and uh and that people who do have knowledge who think public policy in a certain area is off uh sometimes it's off because of political corruption And we want it to be off because that's how we get our graft and our buddies get our graft and then they keep us in office. But it's also sometimes off because they're clueless because they don't know what's going on. And they're talking to someone who's an expert. I can't tell you how many congressmen have talked about other congressmen who are experts on this and experts on that. It's a, it is a hoot. They're experts on nothing. They're experts at BS and that's the way it is in a lot of legislatures i years ago went to a a, i wanted to stop a bill in maryland which i think i did um and uh they were talking about the bill and they were saying it would make the process more like north dakota and of course citizens in charge foundation had just done a report on fraud around the country and the state that had the most fraud was north dakota which had these restrictions that were supposed to keep it clean and i mean it was a joke and so you know i shared that with people and it was i mean it was you know how sometimes when everyone's listening to you as if whoa whoa wait what's he saying it was you know it, it's a great feeling wow i'm like the keeper of knowledge and you realize because i know a little something everyone else in the room with the power to change the laws for the state of Maryland, know nothing, know nothing about it. The only thing they know is to compare their legislation to a state that they figure nobody else knows. And they can say, see, we're like them without any knowledge that this is the worst state in the country in terms of the laws. Yes, you are making yours more like the worst example If I hadn't been there that day, I kind of think they would have passed that bill and would have made it all the way through. Who knows, you know, how things go, but it sure may have. And I thought, wow, that's, you know, because so often I, I know a lot of think tanks, they have people down at the Capitol testifying on stuff and so on. And you just wonder how much of that is just this, you know, everyone dresses nice and they give a speech and then they can put the speech on the website, the testimony and so on and so on but the truth is i think it makes a, it makes a big difference and if it's if if you can weigh in with legislators you're likely to be the only sensible thing they hear all day and the only knowledge that they can hold in their little heads you know you almost set up the uh,
1: last piece of the week which was taken for billions and billions because what well, <laughs> the, the point at the end is really these people don't know what they're doing they don't they seem to think that they can just do things so why not, in this case, give $1.2 trillion in loans to small businesses in the space of a few weeks, and yeah. that the infrastructure they've set up will somehow handle that? Well, it handled it in a certain way.
0: <laughs> this is small business administration, $1.2 uh, trillion is what they gave out, and it was $200 billion, at least of fraud now that's that's better than 15% that's a serious serious level of fraud and then you think well how would it why would it be that level of fraud first of all i don't think that that's so outrageous for some of these government let's quick give away a bunch of money programs and of course that is part of the problem that if you can't set up any controls You know, how much are you really helping the problem and how much are you just feeding the next generation of criminal to have a nice, healthy bank account for their their next scheme? But but here, the other thing that's just so galling is it was it was set up to spew money out at small business, not to spew money out at businesses who were going under not to figure out okay what is it that's going to be the key factors that will cause a business to go under i mean just in the same way they sent everybody money whether that person had received any financial hit from the pandemic or not and i know because i got money and i received no financial hit from the pandemic so it's like it it's when they're they're trying to essentially not fix a non problem And it's not that the pandemic wasn't a problem, but when you never bother yourself with even, you know, even figuring out what is it that we could do to help you just throw the money out there. And, of course, boy, that's stupid. Oh, they're silly. Oh, there's so much. But wait a second. Why would you throw all that money out there then? Well, you would throw all that money out there because people like you when you give them money. And these are. This is Donald Trump saw when he wanted to be. He wanted his signature on the check going to Mondpob America. He saw the advantage of that. Biden sees the advantage. They all see the advantage of that. And and so that's why they do these things. Oh, there's some corruption. I instead of buying a vote, I, I gave money to a crook. Well, how much? Only fifteen percent. Pretty good deal. You know how much this cost members of Congress and and Mr. Biden to buy all these votes, almost nothing. Mostly they used our money. It was just a little bit of their own, just a little tiny bit. So it's, it's uh, and, and the truth is one of the saddest things is we want to then have all these recriminations against this company or that company that got it. And look, if they violated some law, you know, go after them. But it's almost like how dare they take the money that we were throwing at them? And then the response to that problem is to get mad at them, not to fix the problem going forward. The next time we have some problem and and some crisis and have to and and the, the government's got to do something, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to drop ship a lot of cash to different people around the country. And then they're going to find out later that there was a bunch of corruption. And then they're going to bitch and moan and have hearings about the corruption. And they're going to be browbeating somebody on the witness stand because they're a tough congressman. And then it's all going to go away. They're going to not fix anything. And it's going to happen again and again and again and again. And, again. and, and we could say it's because they're bad congressmen, but it may just be because they're smart and they know how to hoodwink us. Because they, you know, I've pointed out, I remember a column I wrote years ago about uh, 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 something about stupid or worse, I think was the title of it. Um, I'll bet if if you searched it, this is commonsense.org, you could find it. But it was about uh, how stupid uh, Congress had been with money and so on, except their own. They had done really, really well. Their pay had gone up. Their benefits are high. They're they're becoming rich on stock deals. I mean, we think about them as as people who can't get anything done. They've gotten all kinds of things done for themselves. They're very, very efficient, effective self-promoters. I guess we should probably wrap her up, eh? I think we should. I think uh I think we should encourage R and R and then after the fourth, uh back to work uh saving america from from the people that we've that we've elected through no fault of our own because the alternative may have been even much worse that sounds
1: like our elections okay very good uh, by the way i should probably mention that uh, we've mentioned this the website this is commonsense.org more than once but we should always mention it at the end i guess really we should the, yes. the program is called common sense with paul jacob it's five days a week Uh, There's a PDF you can uh, print out and put on your uh, legislator's desk or in the waiting room or something. Uh, Very handy. Uh, There's an email subscriber list you can subscribe to. This podcast is on the weekends. It's on Rumble and SoundCloud, but mainly at thisiscommonsense.org.
0: And not only that, there are every day, there is a today, today in freedom. We try to find things from... From the past and uh, that that are about freedom uh, and and let you know that. And then every day we have a thought from somebody uh, uh, and and stuff that's, you know, not always uh, somebody that we love. Usually people we like and, and good things, but uh, we try to pull stuff that people might find of interest.
1: People like uh, Winston Churchill's uh, pig
0: comment this week. Dogs look up to you cats look down on you and he's right about both of those give me a pig he looks you in the eye and treats you as an equal that's a great great quote
1: okay i'll talk to you later all
0: right thank you sir okay bye